You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Tracking the Storm podcast. Uh, no Alex this week. He's very sick, unfortunately. So it's just going to be me and Matthew Soma. Um, we There's no intro this week, you probably noticed. Uh, we just didn't really feel the vibe was right, both for you know what we're, what's going on in the NHL and what we're about to talk about. Um, <clears throat> we have lots to get into with the Hurricanes and stuff, but um, with the findings coming down and the whole Chicago Blackhawks situation, there's just more important things for us to start off with here tonight. So a little bit of a warning, we do have some, you know, a little bit heavier stuff that we're going to be talking about, uh, just not quite as lighthearted as we normally are here on the Track and the Storm podcast, but probably more important than, you know, your normal jokes and BS from us. Yeah, so, this definitely goes above the sport. A little bit, a little bit. Um, I... You know, thinking about all this stuff, I, I just finished watching the Kyle Beach interview. Um, you know, it's we're recording this on Wednesday night at 6.45. That came out at 6, right? And it was about a half hour long. So, you know, I literally was watching it as we got on the Zoom call. And, you know, the thing that I just always go back to is something that Matt said that just still resonates with me all the time. Hockey is the best sport on the planet and is the worst fucking league. Like how what kind of environment or like culture have you created that appropriates this kind of bullshit where you why is brad aldrich why can a video coach take a 20 year old first round pick and threaten him with his career like and and do all like that's disgusting and it's the the balance it, it creates this grooming environment like the power imbalance of power I, I'm, I'm already getting flustered and losing my you know not formulating very good sentences here but like it, it it makes me sick to think about this kind of shit like yeah it should i just i don't, I don't get it man like and all the people that found out about it that, and that was another place i wanted to go with this brent sopel and nick boynton have been saying for months now if not longer that Everybody in that locker room knew. Jonathan Taze was captain when this happened. Jonathan Taze is one of the most respected captains. He has been, at least. Most respected captains in the NHL for his entire career, basically. He didn't have the balls to stand up and say, dude, this shit is, what the hell? It it baffles me that there's nobody in that locker room that was willing to come forward and say something about this. So, yeah. And... 
I think you made a point. You said, you know, what kind of culture has been created where this happens? And it's it's very much like people in positions of power are abusing it. We saw with um, Bill Peters. The textbook definition um, of grooming. Yeah, it is. But what I, what I was going to say is we saw this with Bill Peters, right? Where, you know, the player took offense to the language that he used right. with very racial slur, like racial slurs. He used racial slurs on a player. That player complained and Bill Peters was like, listen, I am now going to ruin your career because of this. Right. And did. And so every, like the players are not in a position of power and in certain environments where you, you breed and feed into this toxicity, you get somebody like a coach in John Quenville. And I'll get to that because I'm sure both of us have thoughts on that. And the fact that he is coaching tonight I just retweeted it's what Alex shit said. Stain. It's a shit stain on the, this league. I just retweeted Alex and he, you know, quote tweeted one of the Chicago writers that was talking about Quinbo. And yeah. Alex was like, cannot be reached for comment because he's, <laughs> he's yeah. coaching a game and looks at watch. Yeah. He can't, he can't, he, <laughs> he's coaching a game. <laughs> he's coaching After a game. All right of now. this has happened. There's, mm. there's been zero consequences and there probably won't be. I don't know. But again, this is another I, thing. I think they might get him. Before, I think he should be. Absolutely. But again, he created this position of power where he had the power to say, I'm not saying anything. And then the Blackhawks just ruined his career. They left this kid alone. This was an, an event that could have been prevented. And if it did happen, or when it did happen after the fact, the Blackhawks should have shown their support, but instead they chose winning meaningless hockey games. And yeah, I say meaningless. In the context of this, the Stanley Cup is fucking meaningless. It doesn't mean jack shit compared to a person's mental, physical, and emotional well-being. Especially when that guy's name's on it. I don't give a fuck who you are. The fact that the Chicago Blackhawks prioritized winning something very arbitrary. Like nobody's judging you in the afterlife on how many Stanley Cups you've won. Not one person. Not one person is going to care in 80 years when you've won a Stanley Cup. You have to prioritize a person's well-being. And they kicked this person to the curb at every level. From the coach, from the GM, to the assistant GM, to everybody else, even the players. Dude, you know, I wanted to... Some of the stuff... I wanted to punch a hole in my wall at one point. And it was just, you know, when he's... And he's choking up the entire time. This shit's been weighing on him for 11 years. And he's just now felt empowered enough to come out about it. But there was one point specifically where he's just like talking about how mean he felt like he was nothing like, and it's true. That's, that's what they made him believe. That's because what next he was to the Stanley Cup. He, he was nothing. Right. According to Joel Quenneville and Stan Bowman. Exactly. And I, man, 
I just this is this is a terrible stain on the entire league. Like, yeah, I, I'm thinking back to like my youth hockey days, and I, I don't think I've ever felt so like lucky before. You know, when I like hear about some of this stuff, because obviously there's a difference between you know when you get closer to the NHL and playing youth hockey in North Carolina, but. I learned so many like lessons on how to be a man and how to grow up like maturity and stuff like that through hockey. And it just seems like in so many places, like I'm now that I'm older, I'm starting to realize like just how lucky I was. Like I said, that, that I didn't experience some of the ridiculous shit that some of these kids have had to go through. And, you know, I've loved this level of hockey. It's so sad. Right. And it goes on to youth hockey everywhere and stuff like that. And, and, you know, I even heard some stories, which I won't get into any of that, you know, about some coaches in the area, um, which I can't, you know, confirm or anything. So there's definitely no point in me putting anybody out there. But it's just – I've loved this game so much since I was, like, five years old, and and it just baffles me how bad of a place the best league in the world supposedly is in. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's tough because like hockey culture is insidious at every level. You're not allowed to complain about your team. You're not allowed to argue with the people in power. You're, you're not allowed to bring up your concerns when something goes wrong. (sighs) I mean, in some cases, like, as we saw with Bill Peters, you're not allowed to be a person of color in hockey. Like, that is taboo. It's, it's awful. Every level of hockey, there's some form of racism. There's a power complex. Whatever it is, hockey culture needs to be torn down. It's ridiculous that... Stan Bowman was allowed to resign from two jobs and not face the consequences of his actions, right? He was just allowed to go. Like Blackhawks, he resigned. The Blackhawks wiped their hands clean of him. So did USA Hockey, who, by the way, the director of talent for USA Hockey is a fucking racist who used slurs to Trevor Daly. Yeah, go look that shit up. And they hired Bill Guerin today, who is also under investigation for covering up the sexual assault of an employee's wife. And this is the thing. it's Hockey culture is so broken. You People in power constantly get away with everything there's there's no consequences and it's like this because we've seen with so many players coaches and staff that if they fuck up in the nhl russia's welcoming them with open arms stan bowman deserves to be in jail joe quenville can rot in hell like i don't care this is going to get some shit. Joel Quenville, when he dies, is going down to hell. You've absolutely abandoned another human being and left him to rot in the search for something arbitrary. And this is what's crazy, right? And this is what's so hard is 
Joel Quenville was one of the most respected coaches in hockey, right? Like everybody had positive things to say about them. And then then he goes and does shit like this, right? This comes out and all of a sudden it's like, you almost don't want to believe it. Right. At first, when, when I first heard about this, I was like, holy shit, like there's no way, right. He's one of the most respected coaches in hockey. And then like, obviously I'm more inclined to believe, you know, the victim and as more and more stuff comes out of this, there's, there's no way that he's not guilty. Right. And for him to say that he had no knowledge and for everybody that was involved to try and pin it on, I can't think of the one guy's name. I want to say Davidson, but I could be wrong. They no, reported it to some guy. There's a million people with blood on their hands in this. Like right. it's, and it's, he was he was supposed to be the one to take care of it, according to six other people who have all been who've all told each other to basically throw this one guy under the bus. It's not just him. It's everybody. Well, I mean, the director of the NHLPA, or maybe it wasn't the director, but it was some high-ranking member of the NHLPA who let's remind him. He is the head of the NHLPA. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, there's so yeah, many. He was the here that. Anyway, but what is the NHLPA for? To protect the players, the NHL Players Association. Crazy no, it's, idea. It's just for money. Don Fair only cares about money, and that's been proven. And so does Gary Bettman, for what it's worth. Both yeah. of the sides don't give a shit about the players or the league. They just want to make money, right. and that's part of the problem too. They're they're not people. They're assets. And Kyle Beach wasn't worth enough, probably. And this is the problem. We're seeing it everywhere. It's where, like, people, we already think to treat athletes as robots, kind of, sometimes, because we forget that they're real people. With hockey, especially, in a culture that actively shuns personality, speaking out and making, like, a name for yourself, like, you're less inclined to believe that these people are human, right? And that's what these people in power want i I wasn't able to make it through the full interview and i will i will be able to it's it's some really heavy stuff um i would recommend watching the interview um just to get an idea of what the blackhawks put this person through and how badly they failed him at every level because it's hard and I'm taking away the fact that he was a first round pick. I, I it doesn't matter when you're drafted. It shouldn't. I'll, I'll put it this way. It shouldn't matter when you were drafted. Whether you were drafted first overall or with the very last pick in the draft, you should not be abandoned by your colleagues, your teammates, and the staff that's there to support you. And he was and the team even worse he was ridiculed i mean they well they called him slurs i i won't say what um i I mean this kid's life was literally a living hell like he has to repress all this stuff and then not only that he's ridiculed for something he has no control over for something he doesn't have the power to do anything about or else he's risking his nhl career right and for 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 hockey players, for NHL prospects in general, more than likely they've been playing hockey at some form of 
top level since they were about seven. They've been at conditioning camps. They've been at, you know, the elite level, whatever, since they were children. This is all they've worked for. It's all they know how to do. They just want to get to the point where they can play in the NHL. And so another problem with hockey culture is that the people in power know that. And they know that they can hold taking away your NHL opportunities over you as a way to get what they want, which is what we saw happened. And I just, it's so hard because every level, again, I just keep saying this, they failed him at every level and his teammates. I mean, we already knew Patrick Kane was not the best person. And I'd frankly say a shithole like a shitty person. Um, And the fact that the NHL has pushed both Kane and Taves for years since 2010, like since 2010, as some of the faces of the league is shameful. It's shameful. And that they both knew and did nothing. All because they wanted to win Stanley Cups and play in the NHL too. Every player that found out shares responsibility for this because they did not do anything. Yeah. Oh, but the guy, and that's the thing. Some people, I've, I've seen some people say, well, the guy was fired. What do you want to do? He was given $20,000 in severance pay. He was given $15,000 for winning the cup. His name's on the cup. He got his ring and his date with the cup. My man, and he got recommended. I don't know if it was a high school, which he took to a school with kids. He took, he, he got two jobs and was recommended for both jobs by the Blackhawks. And then he got to Michigan. One at the University of Miami, Ohio, and one at a high school where he was charged. He was, he assaulted people at both schools. And he was Michigan. charged, arrested, and jailed at, for sexual assault at the high school. This is what's so bad is that like you have a person who's been a problem everywhere, but nobody's identified him. It's a failure again. And it just shows like ruining other lives. Like what are the exactly. kids at now? What have they had to gone through, go through? They probably right. with God knows what drugs, alcohol. I mean, that's what so many of these situations turn out to be. This is what <laughs> Kyle Beach turned out. Yeah. Like, and thank God Kyle Beach is here to tell his story. Because what, what's upsetting is I, I don't want to think about how many people the Blackhawks put at risk by continuing to let this person run rampant. And what are the odds he's the only one? Usually not. Usually for everyone, there's quite a few that have remained silent because, and, and that's another thing, just, it's not a problem in hockey. It's a problem with the world as a whole, especially in America. It's men are taught to get over it and to shut up and to move on when in reality, that's something traumatic and you can't move on from that. And trying to repress it and trying to keep it in makes it worse. So it's tough. Um, I mean, I can't imagine the bravery it takes and just the 
the absolute courage it takes to come out and say everything he has, both anonymously and as we saw on TSN on the record as himself. Um, God, it just sucks. We've said, I've said it before. I don't like hockey culture. I think it's antiquated and gross in a lot of ways, but this just takes it to a disturbing low. Yeah. <laughs> I've got no other words. I, and the only reason I'm laughing is because it, it's just exasperation. I'm so tired of it. Yeah. Like, I feel like for one thing, it's good that the day of reckoning has come, even though it's late. It is positive that people who very clearly don't care about protecting their players are out of here. I think if the league continues to let Quenneville and Cheval Day off anywhere near just the NHL in general, again, is a massive failure. Joel Quenneville is a person who, in all likelihood, was bound for the Hockey Hall of Fame. Right? Undoubtedly. I feel that every... You almost... You can't void history and say that the Chicago Blackhawks didn't win the 2010 Stanley Cup, right? We live in the age of the internet. You can Google it and find out that. But what you can do is remove them from the cup. And I think that at the very least, everybody involved from Brad Aldrich all the way to, you know, everybody in that front office should have their names removed from the Stanley Cup. I would even argue the players, but um, some people might think that's a little too far. Sure. It's tainted. It is. (laughs) The most, like, you know, majestic trophy in sports, as they call it, whatever the hell they, you know, normally say about it. It, 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 The best trophy in sports. Yeah. And, I mean, (laughs) – But it just goes beyond that to me. Like the NHL can save face now and take them off the cup and the NHL can, you know, vilify them and hang them out as the, I don't, I don't want to say throw them under the bus, but not take any of their own responsibility in creating this sort of culture that the NHL has right now while simultaneously promoting, you know, hockey is for everyone. And I, it's a totally different thing, you know, this and what we've talked about with like Tony D'Angelo and the racism and everything else. But this all is just. This is an actual crime and a player's I, but well-being so, that was covered up entirely. I, it's poor things hanging over this league. Like yeah. while again, parading the hockey is for everyone and trying to be inclusive. And I mean, I've always, you know, thought about one day if I have kids, I want them to be hockey players. Do I? (laughs) Yeah. Do I really want to subject my kids to God knows what with this sort of 
this just feels like almost too normal. It's not normal. Like this is not okay for people to be acting like this, to people to hang something like a a young player's career over his head so that he can, like I said, groom him. It's disgusting. Yeah. (sighs) We have other stuff to talk about and, you know, not talking about this stuff tonight would have been a disservice to Kyle Beach and everything. And it also would have been against what we stand for personally, I think. So it needed to happen. It's heavy. We appreciate you all for sticking with us. And as always, we hope that, and this may be a naive hope, but we hope that the NHL does change. Um, I want to leave you all. This is the last thing I'm going to say, Brandon, if you want to say anything after this, you're more than welcome. I just want to leave with a quote from Kyle Beach tonight. I think it perfectly sums up the NHL right now. It says the NHL let me down and they've continued to let others down as well. They continue to try and protect their name over the health and the well-being of the people that put their lives on the line every day to make the NHL what it is. The NHL, this is my quote. After that, the NHL doesn't give a shit about its players. Yeah, I mean, I think everything he's pretty much said all along has been spot on. And I mean, I'm glad the people that have been there for him and, and you know, Brent Sopel and Nick Boynton, I mentioned them earlier. They were, you know, man enough to even though even if it was well later, years later, at least they had the balls to stand up and say like this happened and like empower him just a little bit, you know, uh, let's, yeah. And ha- I mean, hats off to them for coming out and validating what he said and giving him some credibility, which is, it's sad that he needed somebody else to corroborate that story, but that's a whole nother matter. And we won't, you know, jump into all that. And also hats off to uh, Rick Westhead, who is the TSN reporter that interviewed him tonight actually. And all along has worked very, very hard to, Make sure this story came to light. And um Rick, Katie Strang, and Ben Pope. Yeah. Are the only people that have any credibility towards covering this. Um, there's been a lot of, and I, I saw somebody say this yesterday, and I think it sums it up perfectly. The national media who didn't cover this story are cowards because they didn't want to lose their coverage from the Blackhawks. They wanted to keep in good faith with the league. And I think that's cowardice. And another reason why the NHL and hockey culture is just broken. Right. Yeah. Shout out Ben Pope, former uh, hurricanes coverage. Yeah. Ben, Ben has always done some really good work. Even if I haven't always agreed with him when he was a Canes writer, I have to say he's doing great, great work with uh, right. the, Chicago. Yeah. The Chicago sometimes folks. We we want to thank you uh, for listening to this very heavy episode. There will be another Kane-centric episode. It's going to be on Spotify, hopefully the same time, and Apple Podcasts the same time um, this one comes out. We just felt that you, you can't cover something like this and the Hurricanes in the same episode. Hockey culture needs to change. We've been saying it for since we started the podcast. But 
it's going to take legitimate change and we need to start holding people accountable. Call the league offices, do whatever you have to do to demand that these people actually face the consequences of their actions because it's been 11 years overdue. Um, Again, all power and respect to Kyle Beach for this. This is probably one of the hardest things he's ever had to do uh, aside from living with it. So we appreciate all of you and uh, you we'll see you all in the next one.